0: Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, GU corner, halfback, flat, on ready, right.
1: Now here's your hosts, Danny
0: O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue
2: 42!
1: Good morning, Bump. How are you now? Good morning, fellas. Doing well. You know what? I was one of those people listening, and I felt like my buddies were in a fight, and I just couldn't help them. I'm like, man, my buddies, man, they're in it. I got to help. What can I do? I, I just couldn't help. So, you guys, thanks for being professionals and pushing through that.
0: What are you supposed to do in that situation?
1: If you know your buddy is
0: getting rocked and you can't actually do anything about it, do you, do you call the 5-0? No, like, oh, man, you tell,
2: him, you tell him to dig in and throw haymakers. <laughs> Come on. Get up.
0: You know what my we mom told me? We have a show me,
2: grudge with Mike Greenberg now.
0: Yes.
1: Well, I already had a grudge. <laughs> we'll blame I, him. I just don't understand the appeal. But, yeah, now it's now it's at its worst. Well, my mom told me if you're getting whooped, pick up anything, a brick, a stick, <laughs> <laughs> anything. There's, there's no, no fighting fair <laughs> when you're getting beat up. <laughs>
2: That's a good one
1: from
0: Mama Bumpus. Question one for you, Michael Bumpus. With Rams running back Cam Akers going down with a torn Achilles, which is really unfortunate for him. Who should they be looking to replace him? And does this change expectations for the
1: Rams? Naturally, you think it changes expectations, right? Cam Akers, you're like, man, the kid had 625 yards, two touchdowns. In the playoffs, he turned it up a bit, over 200 yards, a couple more touchdowns. But they still have Michael Brown, who had 400 yards. They still have Daryl Henderson, who I like. I like his running style, at 624 yards and five touchdowns. So it changes a little bit. Now, who should they be looking at? There's some old heads out there, Paul. There's some old heads. You got Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore, LaShawn McCoy, or you bring back the guy who started this run in Todd Gurley, who's only 26 years old, had 678 yards and nine touchdowns last year with the Falcons. I think you got to be looking at Todd Gurley. You're not going to ask him to, to be in every down back now. He has some help. You also have Malcolm Brown, who's your your you're a straightforward red zone running back type dude. You have Daryl Henderson, who's your shifty guy. You have Todd Gurley, who can do a little bit of both when healthy, and you can limit his carries if you're not going to go after the OG Frank Gore, because that's my guy, 38 years old, still in the league. I say you have a family reunion and you bring Todd Gurley back and just see what he can do. That would be something, but I feel like we know what Todd Gurley is at this point, right? And and I also got to say
0: this: no team gets more benefit of the doubt of late than the Rams do because of Sean McVay. They lost an entire coaching staff. People are assuming the defense is going to be good this coming season. They bring in Matt Stafford, who's never done anything of value. People assume that he's going to have this awesome season and I saw a bunch of people yesterday saying, oh, well, this isn't going to re- affect the Rams in any way, shape, or form. And they go back to this end of the 2017-18 season because against two teams that literally quit on the year, the Rams ran for a bunch of yards with with uh, Thick J. Henderson, uh, Anderson. I mean, and then they ran well against the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. There's this assumption like, The Rams can do no wrong, and it's as if they forgot what happened in the NFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl where they ran for less than 150 yards combined. I I don't get it. I don't get it, Bump. I don't know if you you have a read on this, but the Rams really have a lot of people that seem to be believing that even though what we've seen over the last couple of years has been relatively disappointing since the Super Bowl, that, yeah, they're fine no matter what they do.
1: It's because they've been winning. I mean, they, they, they win. And kind of McVeigh has an offense that is extremely attractive to the the average viewer they see all this shifting and moving and crossing the field and it just looks like a whole bunch of fun and you combine that with one of the best defenses in the league you should have a chance if you have an offense that's decent one one of your sides of the ball has, has to be elite for you to win right either the offense or the defense last year it was the defense for the Rams so you have an elite defense all you need is about an average offense and then you add Stafford into the mix it's all about the names You got Stafford out there. You still got Cooper Cup. You have two running backs in the backfield who can get it done. You still got Robert Woods. And you bring you bring over Deshaun Jackson. That's what the preseason is about, is building this hype. So you look at his defense, you look at the names on offense. I think that gives people reason to believe. And you throw in the fact that they have owned the Seahawks. If you are going to win this division, you have to beat the Seahawks. You have to beat the Niners. You gotta own one of them, and they have owned the Seahawks. So I I get why you would be skeptical, like, man, why is everybody on the Rams bandwagon? But the truth of the matter is, they've been a factor the last, what, three or four years in the division and the playoffs. Paul doesn't like the Rams. And I don't
2: say that. You're you're entitled. It's a good grudge to have. But, I mean, McVay, what? They've been to the playoffs three of the four years he's been there? Like, they're not bad.
0: And I'm not saying they're bad. I just feel like they get this weird benefit of the doubt as if they are better than what they actually are. They have beaten the Seahawks a lot. Is that really the only separation between these two teams over the last couple of seasons is that Sean McVay is six and three against P. Carroll? Cause otherwise, like I don't I just don't I get don't why know, people man. seem That's to be going a- out of their way to make it as if they're fine when things it's like a- this happen.
2: It's a perpetually mediocre franchise. Like mediocre might even be doing it, because what they didn't have a winning record for like a decade? And they made the playoffs three of the four years he's been there. Like he's
0: he's been a good coach. He has. But they just lost their best running back for the year. They're fine.
1: There, there are ways to hide that. Now, Cam Akers, I believe, was going to rush for 800, yards this year. He looked good. But there are ways to, to still be effective in the run game just by committing. I think that's what you have to do. Let me correct myself. Malcolm Brown is gone. The Texans have been lining me up. He's with the Dolphins. That's on me. But there are ways to hide this. There are ways to still be effective in the run. You don't have to be a dominant running team to be effective in the run. All you have to do is pose the threat. by, look, man, we can average three to four yards a carry. You're going to have to load this box up when we get in certain formations. But now that puts pressure on the guys on the outside. When you bring in Matthew Stafford, you would assume that with the weapons that he has, he's going to be a bit more successful than he was in Detroit. Because ever since Calvin Johnson left, it just ain't been the same. And Stafford has been Successful in Detroit when it comes to throwing the football. Now he actually has a defense. He's got some weapons. He has a, has a decent tight end. Sprinkling a couple runs here and there. We shall see. You got to stay healthy. You got to win the ball games. But I think people. I think the the idea that the Rams can be a top team in the in the division is legit. Question two.
2: All right, bump. We've heard scouting reports on Dwayne Askren. Who's all of the conversations about what kind of player he could be, you got a chance to meet him. What kind of person is he?
1: Man, so I actually spent almost like two days with the dude. Right, now it's not like we were like having coffee and holding hands and guess best we're on the friends bus or tour, what. right? Like, yeah, we won a tour with, with the twelves, then he came to my event, Whiteout University on, on Sunday oh, and heck spoke yeah. spoke to about fifty wide receivers just to show some love. Oh, that's awesome. And when it comes to like personality now, you gotta go on the field and you gotta play. Right, but when it comes to personality, like this is a kid who's hungry. He's humble. He made himself available. You know, a lot of rookies can come and they can be su- super shy, and, and or they come in with an ego. You never know what you're going to get with these rookies. But Eskris, man, from work Park to uh, East Lake, Sammamish Fields, and in, um, in, uh, in Sammamish, man, he was just personable, and I love the the energy that he brought. I love the message he brought to the kids. He's automatically a guy that you want to root for. If you talk to him for two minutes, it's a guy that you want to root for. Then you put on the film, and you're like, all right, man. deep ball threat. He's strong. He's thick, man. He's like my size, but he looked like he weighed 225 pounds. I doubt he weighs that much, but the dude is thick and strong. Overall, good dude. Automatically made me want to root for him. What about
0: his game fascinates you most for me? And I know that it goes back to high school, and you can't always translate what someone did in high school all the way to the NFL, But I just think it's so interesting that this is a guy who you mentioned his frame is a former running back. He was an honorable mention All-State as a running back in Indiana before he went um, to college. And then he transfers over to wide receiver. And I'm really curious as to what that element of his game coming out of Western Michigan that Shane
1: Waldron can tap into. You mentioned running back. He played DB for a bit and he played receiver. So he's a versatile. He's a football player. He's not just a receiver. When I played, I was a receiver. I ain't tackling nobody. I'm not running the rock in between the tackles. The more you can do for the football team, the better, especially if you're a rookie trying to make this team, especially if you're trying if you're trying to get acclimated to this receiving core where you already have some established guys right there, where you're not going to get a whole bunch of targets. you got to bring value to this team and to this roster. How do you do that? You get on special teams. And on special teams, there's only a couple guys who are going to – catch the football and run with it, you got to be able to tackle. So because he's big, he's strong, he's physical, and he's played a bunch of different positions, man, he brings a lot to the table. So we're not going to see this guy catch 50 footballs next year, which I don't think is going to happen. we got to see him on special teams and contribute that way. And because he's played all over the football field, he's just a ball player, and he's ready to go. Question number
0: three. All right, Bob. We've been trying to figure out what the Seahawks might do with a couple of different players as we get closer to training camp. Yesterday, we talked about Marquise Blair, who we know you like. Daryl Taylor. It seems like right now he is the Seahawks' strong side linebacker. Is that definitively where he is going to play, or is there maybe another spot that they will potentially slide him into?
1: From everything I've seen and I heard, I think that's it for the dude. Now, there there are established guys on this defense. You got Bobby... You got your safeties. We'll see where the spoon does. Um, I would say Puna is established at this point. He's going to get his turn to go. But there has to be a couple of dudes who surprise people, who do things that you're not expecting for them to do. And Daryl Taylor has to be one of them, especially if you're trying to fill a void. KJ's not here. They're going to ask Jordan Brooks to play a bit more. But Daryl Taylor is a guy that you drafted high. You didn't see a lot of him, And he has to produce. There, there's a little bit of pressure on the dude to produce. If he produces, I think this defense... I'm not going to say they're going to be world beaters. They're going to be great. But they can be better than they were last year. I think that's a spot for the guy. I saw him at the mini camp. He looks lean. He looks strong. And he looks comfortable in the position. He doesn't look lost. Sometimes you see guys on the football field and they're hesitant. They're they're looking around. They're asking a bunch of questions. They're they're not sure where to go. I saw this guy and he looked comfortable in the position. And when you're comfortable, you're confident. You're confident. You can go out and make some plays. So I think that's a spot for him, Paul. I, I expect him to contribute. At what level we shall see, but if he can exe- exceed expectations, this defense can take a step in the right direction. Here's here's one of the worries about that.
2: Strong side linebacker is the least valuable of Seattle's three linebacker positions. Like that's typically been it doesn't. It's it's the guy he doesn't get as much. Of the tackles the weak side linebacker is kind of the guy that gets that. Yeah. He's not the quarterback of the defense. He also doesn't rush the passer that much. That was what they drafted Daryl Taylor to do. Can can they change the role a little bit, maybe to give him some more pass rush opportunities from that? Because you want to get some value from him. He was a pass rusher. I don't. I don't. I'm not necessarily pumped about thinking of him just being uh, a, an end line linebacker who doesn't do much about
1: rushing the passer. His job is going to be to set the edge, right? To force yeah. everything inside to everyone else so that Mike and that weak backer can make all the tackles. You can play games with them, right? You you can get him to the quarterback, but then you have to replace him with who? A strong safety or or the other backer to kind of mix things up. Can they do it? Yes, they can, but I don't think that's the foundation of their defense. They're going to ask these other guys to do those things and he just has to be okay with it. It might not be the most glamorous position, but real football players know that if you don't set an edge in football and you allow guys to get outside, teams like the Niners who like to jet sweep, the Rams who like to jet sweep, the Cardinals who have the most elusive quarterback in the NFL, it's game over. So you got to pump them up. Like, look, man, Daryl, man, this is important. If you don't get this done, we don't go. So you got to feed that ego a little bit and let him know that you're not going to get the write-ups in the paper, but the guys who really know the game are going to understand how important you are. We did talk about him yesterday, and I I know you like Marquise Blair a lot. So what would you do with Blair? Blair, man, I I hope that Blair is learning every position in the secondary because someone's going to get dinged up. Knock on wood, hopefully it's not going to be for long, but this is the NFL. Guys are going to take plays off. They might miss a couple of games. If he can go from nickel to corner to safety, he was already a safety He's learning the nickel spot. If he can get familiar on the outside, too, mm. I, I think he can see the field a bit more because there's no denying what this dude was doing. I know it was only two games last year, but I think he had a forced fumble already. He was coming down the hill and smacking dudes. I mean, his energy is contagious. He has that Jamal Adams type energy. He's not that type of player. He's not going to get a bunch of sacks. But the tempo and the energy he plays with is contagious, and you need guys like that out there. So I think the more he can do, the better. You're going to hear me say that all the time about football players. But with Marquise Blair, because there's so much competition in the secondary right now, I think you got to be able to move him around and put him in any spot. That is Blue 42. Michael Bumpus with us on Wednesdays and
2: Fridays. And